You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Friday, November 2nd, 2018. Penn State traveling to play number five, Michigan, on Saturday, that game at the Big House, 3.45 in the afternoon on ESPN. Really good chance for Penn State to get a good win and kind of redefine this season. Michigan, meanwhile, uh, needs a win to get climb into that top four of the college football playoff discussion. Probably the biggest game, or at least top two or three biggest games of the weekend outside of LSU and Alabama playing down in Baton Rouge. So it's a, it's a big one for Penn State. Really their last big regular season game of the year. Schedule after this uh, softens quite a bit with, well, I mean, they have Wisconsin coming up, but that game has lost a ton of luster that it had. Uh, Wisconsin coming up at Beaver Stadium next week, and then Maryland and Rutgers to close out the year. Uh, but this is really, this might be the last ranked team Penn State plays before a bowl game this season. Uh, and it's definitely their last opportunity to really play spoiler for a big time college football playoff contender like Michigan is. So on today's show, we're going to dive into things uh, about Penn State, Michigan. We're going to have three more things to know this week. We had our three things to know earlier in the week. Some things have changed and shift around, shifted around. So there are more, three more things you got to know about the Penn State, Michigan game. And then later in the show, I'm going to be joined by Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're going to talk Penn State season so far and, uh, I have a couple either-or questions for Adam uh, about this weekend's game, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, But yes, as I mentioned, we are going to get into our three things, three more things to know for Penn State, Michigan. And the first one is about Trace McSorley and what he will be able or not able to do this weekend against Michigan. So as if you're listening to this, you almost certainly know Trace McSorley Went down hard, went down awkwardly against Iowa when he was tackling the first half last week. Suffered some kind of knee injury. Penn State doesn't get really into the specifics of it, but he missed a few series. He was on the sideline riding the bike, on the sideline jogging kind of awkwardly. He did come back into the game, played the whole second half. Looked good at times, looked a little like he looked like his knee was bugging him a little bit, but he did run for a 51-yard touchdown. He also threw a pick six. Uh, but he ultimately did enough and helped Penn State's offense enough to squeak out a six-point win against Iowa at home last week. Um, there wasn't that much question of if Trace Sorley was going to play or not. He he said he was uh, right after the game, and that is appears unless something changes in the next couple hours that that is going to be the case up in Ann Arbor. But there is questions about how much he will be limited if at all, by this injury, how much it will bug him and if Penn State will have to change anything or maybe call less designed runs or less run pass options with Drace McSorley because <clears throat> he is bothered by a knee injury. James Franklin was asked that question this week. Uh, he had, let's say, an interesting answer. Uh, this is from uh, our friend Audrey Snyder. She posted this on her Twitter page earlier this week after James Franklin was asked about Trace McSorley's uh if he had any limitations with that knee injury. Here's Franklin. I guess, I guess what I don't understand, and I get it, 
you guys have to ask questions. But mm -hmm. you ask questions that you know I'm not going to answer. You only get so many questions, and you're asking me questions that I'm not going to I don't understand that. So someone sent me an email and explained that to me, but you only get so many questions, and you ask me a question. I'm not going to answer. If I tell you, yeah, Trace can't do these things, Michigan's watching it. So, so yeah, not something that James Franklin wanted to talk about makes you think that Trace McSorley might not be exactly at 100%. He could very well be wearing a knee brace out there that would maybe slow him down or you know make him less of a threat with his legs. We, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows if it will have an impact, how much of an impact it will have. Um, and again, Penn State, I think, does feel comfortable using Tommy Stevens at, uh, at quarterback if it comes to that. Um, but... You, you would hope Penn, uh, that Trace Sully can play and put Penn State in a position to win because this is really his, as a senior, as a guy who is going to leave the school with a ton of records and as arguably the best and most decorated quarterback in program history, you would like to see him get a chance for one more huge Big Ten win, which Penn State could be able to get against Michigan here on Saturday. So we'll... Not really going to be sure what we're getting with Tracy Sorley until 3.45 on Saturday, most likely. We'll see if he has a knee brace or not or how much he can use it. Uh, and and maybe he'll be maybe he'll be able to, to be his normal self. Maybe he'll be able to be great with uh, if his knee's at 80% or 90% or whatever it's at. Uh, so we'll see. Um, it's going to be tough because Michigan has the best total defense in the country. They are sixth best in scoring. Uh, they only give up 220 yards a game. They have a really, really, really good front seven led by Chase Winovich at defensive end. Uh, Devin Bush is a terrific linebacker. Um, Rashawn Gary, that's, an, that's another quick thing I want to mention here. Rashawn Gary is uh, another talented defensive end, likely top five, top 10 overall pick next year if he enters the NFL draft. He's a junior. Uh, he has missed uh, last couple of games for Michigan, and uh, he's been out with a shoulder injury. Jim Harbaugh was asked about it this week. He said he's hopeful that he'll be back. So Michigan's star, uh, one of their stars on defense, might be slowed by an injury as well. We'll see. Again, the, both of these coaches, like most sports coaches, want to be close to the vest of these types of things. So we're not sure what we'll see out of Tracy Soley or Rashawn Gary until Saturday, but both injuries could play a, play a role in the game planning for this this top 15 matchup on Saturday. Uh, second thing I, I want to mention here, keeping with uh, Michigan's defense, this is about them, um, and it's that, that Michigan feels disrespected coming into this game from what happened last year. Uh, the first place I saw this, someone quote uh, Lavert Hill, who is a Michigan cornerback, who is one, a one-time Penn State commit, and uh, he kind of infamously flipped off the Beaver Stadium crowd at some point last year. So anyway, I saw him quoted this week as saying that Michigan felt disrespected by Penn State for what happened last year. And I was racking my brain. I was like, what What happened? Like, why? Like, just because they lost by 29 points and got blown out like in a primetime game? Is that, is that it? Um, but actually... There is some context, and I completely forgot about this. I guess really the only people who remembered were Michigan fans and Michigan players. Uh, but Penn State last year did have the ball. They were up 42-13. to 13. They had the ball in the last couple minutes. All their backups were in. They were just kind of running normal plays, and they got down inside the 20 with about a minute and a half or a minute left. Uh, and they just kept running plays. They weren't passing the ball. 
uh, but they were a lot of handoffs. A lot of them were to Miles Sanders backing up Tra- or Saquon Barkley last year. And uh, they actually did run a play with about uh, like they, they had run a play and the play clock was off in, they were down at like the five yard line and like there were like 25 seconds. It looked like they were done. Like the announcers in the game were saying, Oh, and there's a great win for Penn state. And it, it seemed like everything was over. They did not have to snap the ball again, but they did with like right, almost right as time expires, less than five seconds left on the clock. They snapped the ball. I mean, Sanders got tackled for a three, four yard loss. And uh, so that was a thing that Michigan players are upset about. Um, yeah, it was probably unnecessary to, for that final snap. I get it that you want to have your backups in. Uh, but it's something that is Michigan is, it, this week is using as bulletin board material. Uh, here's what one of the defensive linemen, Quiddy Pay, said. He said, last year, we still remember fourth quarter, five seconds left in the game. They had their players in. They ran that last play. So we just put that in the back of our pocket and we just remember that as we're working, that they disrespected us. So we have to come out here and show them who we are this year. I don't know what they were trying to pull or what message they were trying to send. We're just trying to remember that every single day, every single practice. Uh, that's what Quiddy Pay told reporters. Don Brown, Michigan's defensive coordinator, said this. Uh, it's not a good feeling. We're all personally accountable for it. You take the good with the bad, but you got to learn from it. Just wanted to, just wanted them to see it, wanted them to be reminded of that feeling. I think the point was made. He's kind of talking about the Penn State game last year and uh, how it kind of left him with a bad feeling in his mouth. Don Brown, very good defensive coordinator, and has put up some really good defenses for Michigan under Jim Harbaugh here. So rare to see Michigan give up 40-plus points in a game. I wouldn't expect it to happen again on, on Saturday. This is a very talented unit, and now they have a little – a little more fuel to the fire with that last second play call that Penn State made last year. So Chase Franklin has kind of ruffled some feathers before running running the plays of the clock, running out and blowouts. Michigan State in 2016 did it against Pitt this year. I'm not sure how much Michigan will use that to talk trash or to, to see what they do at the end of the game. If they have a lead, we, we might find out on Saturday. But it should be also said that in Michigan's last game, they played Michigan State a few weeks ago. Uh, at East Lansing, and they, Devin Bush, linebacker, uh, they were on the field, and Michigan State was doing this field walk. You might have seen the, the clip of it, and like they got in the way of Michigan State, like oh, their whole team links arms and walks the, the length of the field, and Michigan players were warming up and didn't get out of their way. And then there was some words exchanged, and Devin Bush, linebacker, went to midfield and kind of started ripping up the Spartans logo with his cleats. So these Michigan players are not. Uh, they are not afraid to get into it before the game or during the game. So I don't know if, if that will have any impact, but they certainly remember it. They, lo- they also lost to Michigan State in 2017, so that was on their mind as well. And then they went out and, and beat the Spartans a few weeks ago. So we'll see if there's any uh, pregame chatting between the two. Could be interesting to see. All right, final thing in the three more things to know this week. Uh, just a quick one here, and I, I just wanted to mention it because I mentioned it earlier this week on our original three things to know was that Maryland was bringing DJ Durkin back to its sideline after an internal investigation. Well, it turns out, and you may know this by now, Maryland has actually decided to fire DJ Durkin. Very weird situation. Very odd week for them. Durkin though is officially out at Maryland. He, of course he was suspended after an offensive lineman, Jordan McNair died following a practice 
uh, he was hospitalized after practice and died a few weeks later for, uh, and then the ESPN launched this investigation and had this big report about this toxic culture at Maryland where players are pushed too far. And, uh, it led to DJ Durkin being suspended. And most people thought he would not come back. Maryland initially said he would. And the reporting said that too much blame was being placed to them and this and that. Jordan McNair's parents, among others, were were outraged by this news uh, and f- thought it was horrible. Said some said on the record that it felt like someone spit in their face. Um, and then the day after that, that news that DJ Durkin is coming back, it is now the news that he is fired and will not be at Maryland. So DJ Durkin out at Maryland will not be coaching the Terps when they visit State College in a in a couple weeks. So yeah, big day, big week of news in the Big Ten. Just wanted to catch you up on that. Those are our three more things to know this week. We have to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game, you need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app today, use that promo code Locked On, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, I am happy to be joined now by Adam Bittner. He is a senior sports producer at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Also, like myself, a fellow Penn State alumni and has been up at Beaver Stadium for many games this season. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Steven? Oh, I can't complain. Uh, just we, we haven't chatted since the Penn State pit game in way back yonder in week two of the season. We were young and naive and all sorts of other things. Uh, just just kind of give me your general take on this Penn State season thus far and uh, – what you think uh, could make for a successful season in the remaining month we have here? Well, um, I would like to say I think it's been disappointing just because those two losses were, were kind of bitter. But um, I said 9-3 and three at the beginning of the season. I've been sticking to it pretty much the rest of the way. So I don't know if I'm disappointed. I think 
I think you would have liked to have seen more out of these receivers. Certainly this season, I think it's uh, they've th- their lack of maturation. I think has kind of caused them uh, to waste Trace McSorley this season in his last mm. year at Penn State. Um, I think you would have liked to see them develop a little bit better. And I think if, if you can if you can see that growth in the next month from people not named DeAndre Tompkins, um, who's going to be leaving the program soon, then I think you can have a, a lot of reasons for optimism heading into next season because you're going to have pretty much the whole cast of characters back other than McSorley. And um, I remain optimistic about Tommy Stevens, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're looking at those, those two games that they lost so far and you're looking at this, this game, which seems like it's going to be an uphill climb. Um, I, I think I would have liked to have seen more from the receivers at this point. Yeah. I'm with you there. There's been a few disappointing areas and mostly just two really disappointing fourth quarters so far. Uh, but what is has anything surprised you about this Penn State season in a positive light? Uh, there's a few things to choose from there. What, what has stood out the most to you on, on that front? I think the defense has, has kind of really come along. Um, guys who I you know wasn't even looking at at the beginning of the season, uh, Etor Gross Matos comes to mind. Not only does he have a fabulous name, but mm. um, he looked pretty dominant out there last week. Um, so I think, you know, especially on that side of the ball, they've, they've been better than I expected them to be, certainly after the Appalachian State game and, um, you know, certainly even the way they played in that first half against Pitt where Pitt was kind of running the ball down their throats. I don't think we've really seen anyone do that to them since. So, um, you know, I, I've, been, I've been impressed by how those guys have been brought along. Yeah, that, that, that unit, I think the defensive line has come a long way more so than anyone else. But even, you know, the secondary is finally doing some things, even though, Picking off Nate Stanley looked just relatively easy. I'm not saying I could have done it. Just saying. There's one play in particular. Nate Stanley is not that good. Is no, what I'm saying. Not that good. But neither is uh, Brian Lewerke. And there's so there's one play in particular I would have liked to seen that unit make. But you know we can't have everything. I guess we can't have it all. Uh, also, they're going to Michigan. The last time they were there, things were things weren't great. <laughs> frankly, uh, for the old Nittany Lions, just how I. I it's like weird to ask like a compare the two, not compare the two feelings, but like, is it still surprising to you that Penn State has come this far since their last trip to Ann Arbor? I think the surprise factor kind of kind of wore off for me. I guess I'm more surprised at uh, Michigan, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, you know, this is a program that's kind of been really up and down since that last game. They were um, terrible last season, not great in 2016, but now they appear to have kind of taken control on the, the Big Ten race for now. Um, I don't know if they've done a whole lot to impress anyone, though, still. So this is this is a big game for Michigan. I'm, I'm you know, Penn State season's pretty much over, so I'm pretty much looking at, you know, what type of program is Michigan? Are they ready to take that next step? And I think for them, uh, this game matters a lot um, in, in kind of proving that they can hang. Obviously, the Ohio State game at the end of the season is going to loom probably even bigger for them, but yeah. – um, you know, this is they've already lost to Notre Dame this season. This is their first chance, really in prime time. Uh, obviously, they played that night game against Wisconsin, but I don't think Wisconsin's measured up to the team we expected them to be. So, um, I'm really interested to see what what, what we're going to see out of these Wolverines. Yeah, I, I I was saying this on the podcast earlier this week. Like, this feels like the first time that the pressure has been like solely on Penn State's opponent. In, since they won that Ohio State game in 2016. Like, this is the first time where, you know, I mean, I guess like a New Year's Six Bowl is still a stake for Penn State, which is something, but Michigan has pretty much everything. Like, they're guaranteed a top-four spot if they win. So it, it is a different feeling for the first time in a while. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you know Penn State is a, a true underdog this week. I think I saw the line at eleven and a half points, which I was kind of staggered by because I, I don't know, I, you know, if you watch the the Michigan State game, I'm not sure Michigan really played that well. I just think um, Michigan State was kind of miserable on offense, which is kind of what we saw at Beaver Stadium, um, and and Michigan was just the better team. <laughs> saw um, fifty nine minutes at Beaver Stadium. That's true. Yes, and um, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot from them yet, and, and so I'm very curious. Other than, you know, they're pretty strong defense, what they're going to bring in here. Yeah, I think it's definitely it's a winnable game for Penn State and certainly a coverable game for Penn State. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute, but we have to step away for another quick break. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. We are with Adam Bittner. He works at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Adam, I have a couple either-or topics I want to dive into here and you can give me your pick i'll give you two choices we we can discuss um either or would you rather have trace mcsorley this week given his injury or shea patterson the michigan quarterback if you had to pick one of those guys to start a football game for your hypothetical college football team on saturday who would you pick i'm taking trace mcsorley until shea patterson shows me that he can win a game like this um trace mcsorley's been in a lot of these i realize he may not be great uh, I mean, he may not be in great shape, but mm-hmm. um, he's won a lot of big games. He's played like a war daddy in the games that he lost. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm going to take Trace McSorley in big games until I, I'm until it's proven otherwise. Yeah, I think I'm with you there just because like, yeah, he, the guy likes these moments. And I don't know if he hobbles out there with a knee brace on and can't really move, then maybe not. I don't know. But even so, I, yeah, Shea Patterson has been fine for Michigan. I don't know if he's been like the offensive changer game changer that they they hoped he could be but yeah i think it's uh i I think it will be uh trace will still look good enough on saturday to hopefully keep him in the game i like i like his ability to uh put the passes where they need to be where they need to go i don't necessarily like the uh receivers odds of of hauling them in but i think trace mcsoy is going to do everything in his power and and you know, I think I think we may see a performance similar to that Ohio State game where, um, you know, the, the receivers were really bottled up and he just continued to do everything, and it almost proved to be enough to win. I, let's hope that's the case. We, it could certainly happen. We'll see. Um, next, either or, we have James Franklin versus Jim Harbaugh. If your given name was James, what would you rather go by, Jim or James? Or maybe even we could throw a Jimmy in the mix. I don't know. Well, th- let's throw all three of those. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I would go with Jimmy. Really? Yeah, just because I feel like it's more casual. And, uh, you know, I like I, I feel like I'm more approachable if I'm either Jim or Jimmy. Um, but then again, I feel like J- James Franklin is the more engaging guy of the two. So I don't yeah. really know how you go there. Yeah, I, I think I would... <laughs> I think I'd rather go by James. I think it's a little more, I don't know, professional, grown up. Jim, that's why I feel like Jimmy, I, I don't know. Jim. Go by James professionally and let James. your friends call you Jim. Is that like the, the correct negotiation? I don't know. Maybe. Don't ask Jim Harbaugh, who's going by Jim this whole life here. I also just like Jim is, it's such a short, just it's a short name. It's really short sounding. Jim just hits you right there. Well, as the uh, as the owner, my given first name is John, mm. as you all know, and so that's that's simple and to the point too. And I don't use that; I use Adam. So, 
I guess I can't really weigh in on that. Well, there you go. Neither of these guys opted to go that far, but Jim, the old Jim versus James. They are who has the series? I guess Harbaugh's one and one and two, or yeah, Franklin's one and two against Harbaugh. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yeah. That does sound right. Okay. Well, last one here. Uh, would you, I think Penn State and Michigan have the two best uniforms in the Big Ten. People can disagree with me on that if they would like to. Uh, would you? Whose uniforms are better, either Penn State's or Michigan's? Go. I'm way in on Michigan's uniforms. Mm. Even though they change them sometimes. They had like they had that bad stretch where they were with Adidas in the in the dark days of Brady Hoke, but now right. that they're back, we're to, gonna go like the base, you know, the wing tee helmet and like all that. So I'm I'm definitely going with that. I'm not a I have a love hate relationship with Penn State's uniforms in that, you know, I think they're a cool base uniform, but I would like to see them experiment. Give us give us a different look every once in a while. Wouldn't um, kill them. Yeah, and I, we did they did the throwbacks last year, and they weren't really throwbacks. They were just basically the same with to put the numbers numbers. on the helmet yeah right which they already done for mike maddie so you know i don't know how that was even like a new thing but i don't know yeah i I think if you're talking about the base uniforms i prefer michigan's they're classic but they're not too simple i think that just the uh the maize and blue with the maize and blue helmets versus penn state's all white road uniforms white helmets blue stripe that's a very very good look uh that we're going to see on saturday for sure so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if the game's going to be good. Might be kind of ugly. Might be kind of slow. Might be one-sided. I don't know. But it's going to look nice. Hopefully it's a good day in Air Arbor. Haven't checked the weather yet. I have not checked the weather either. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a nice look. Well, hopefully. All right. Adam Bittner from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Really appreciate your time here. Appreciate your insight. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. All right. That will do it for today's show. Thank you, as always, for listening. We had a full week of shows to get you ready for Penn State, Michigan. You can find them all uh, if you check out Locked On Nittany Lions on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find each of our previous episodes to help you get ready for this game. Uh, You can also subscribe to the show and you'll get a fresh episode in your podcast inbox every weekday during the 2018 season here. Uh, Also, if you could leave us a rating interview, we really, really appreciate that. We will be back on Monday to discuss the fallout of Penn State, Michigan. Hoping for a good one in the big house. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game.